your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 551 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And today, going to be recapping a rock-solid start to this Ranger road trip here. They played the first of four consecutive road games last night in Winnipeg, defeating the Jets by a final score of 4-1. to one. Chris Kreider with a couple of goals. I mean, what else is new there? Igor Shesterkin uh, makes a bunch of really nice saves, although... I would stop short of saying that it was one of his uh, absolute best performances of the season. He was really good, don't get me wrong, and he made a lot of saves in this game. But I thought overall, the Rangers, it was kind of, uh, you know, quantity over quality when it came to the Jets' shots on goal. The Jets had a lot of shots on goal, but I don't know how many, you know, true A-plus scoring opportunities they produced in this game. And on top of that... You know, a lot of uh, hockey analysts, other fans of hockey, of other teams, whatever it might be, a lot of people have gotten on the Rangers this season for not always being the best 5v5 team in the league, at least when it comes to teams that are currently in playoff position as the Rangers are. But uh, that narrative or whatever you want to call it, that was nowhere to be found in this game last night because the Rangers uh, were absolutely dominant 5v5. I thought they basically were just skating circles around the Jets for most of this game anytime that they were at even strength. And really, the only thing that kept the Jets in this game, and the reason why I think it was only uh, two to one at the end of two periods is because the Rangers just kept taking penalties and the Jets, they did actually end up scoring their lone goal of the game on the power play. That was a goal by Ehlers uh, a little past the midway point of the second period there that cut the Ranger lead to two to one. And then the Rangers uh, took care of business in the third period. But again, the Rangers just could not stay out of the penalty box, just penalty after penalty after penalty. I think only, I want to say just one of the six power plays for the Jets came as the result of the Rangers taking an offensive zone penalty. So at least they've kind of gotten away from those. But again, six penalties are just too much. It's a situation that the Rangers are going to have to get under control going forward. I don't want there to be a situation where the Rangers, you know, earlier in the season, we talked about how they were overly reliant on Igor Shesterkin. I don't want them to become overly reliant on their penalty kill. And well, we could just take a trip here and a hold there and a this and that and the other thing, and we can go to the penalty boxes. It's not going to hurt us that much because our penalty kill has got our back. And yes, the Ranger penalty kill has been absolutely outstanding. They were outstanding in this game last night as well, but you don't want to rely on that because again, once you start playing some of the better teams in the league, once you get into the playoffs, these teams can really make you pay uh, for taking penalties. And on top of that, you know, we talked about the over-reliance on Igor Shesterkin just a second ago. This is an extension of that because, yes, the Ranger penalty kill has been fantastic all season, but that starts with the goalie. You know, Igor Shesterkin, whether it's, you know, even strength or 5-verse-4, 5-verse-3, 4-verse-3, whatever it might be, I mean, he's he's still Igor Shesterkin, and he's still going to make some outstanding saves. Uh, that said, I thought the Ranger penalty kill really played well in this game. 
The Jets' first two power play opportunities, they had absolutely no opportunities to speak of. They got a little bit better as the game went on because, I mean, really, how couldn't you? You get six opportunities. Sooner or later, you're going to put the pieces together a little bit, produce some scoring opportunities. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, the Rangers, once again, penalty kill stepped up. Jets go just one for six on the man advantage. And the Ranger power play continues to be a strength for them. Uh, they go one for two on the man advantage. And uh, that was a goal by Chris Kreider, which is his 37th of the season. And then he would later uh, tack on his 38th of the season to give the Rangers a 3-1 to lead in the third period. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the lineup decisions. I know, uh, you know you see these line combos and defense pairings on social media, and a lot of Ranger fans were in an uproar. And I got to be honest, I was kind of scratching my head when I looked at this, and I'll get to the reason why in just a second. But just to kind of run through it here, top line, unchanged. You got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, I don't see why you would make any adjustments there. Uh, for starters, they've just been really good, and second, secondarily, uh, there aren't really a ton of other options right now as far as, you know, how to put together that top line. Second line, you've got Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Dryden Hunt. The third line is Philip Hedl centering Barclay Goodrow on his left wing, Johnny Brodzinski on his right wing. So I kind of got my wish there. I was hoping that Johnny Brodzinski would maybe see some time in the top nine. Uh, but then the fourth line, you've got Tim Gettinger. He centers... Uh, well, I mean, this is how it was listed. It's not really how it shook out, but this is what this is the thing that kind of got a lot of Ranger fans like, what is going on right now? The fourth line that was listed online, if you if you follow these beat writers and you know they post the line combinations, Tim Gettinger at center on the fourth line, and then Libor Hayek on his left wing and Ryan Reeves on his right wing. Now, as it turned out, I don't think Libor Hayek a single time in this game lined up at forward, lined up at left wing. Uh, that's just kind of how it was listed online. That's how they had to list it. Um, you know, the Rangers, instead, what they did was they went with seven defensemen and 11 forwards for the first time all season. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot of mixing and matching going on there. Ryan Strom was double shifting quite a bit on the night. He ends up with a, a team high, no, not team high, but a forward high for the New York Rangers, 22 minutes and three seconds of ice time. He was obviously in his normal spot centering Panarin and Hunt, but then he was also getting quite a bit of run on the fourth line as well with Tim Gettinger and Ryan Reeves. And there was a lot of mixing and matching. When you go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen, that's just kind of a byproduct of it. Everything's kind of imbalanced. So you're going to see uh, you know, different players playing with different line mates and different defense pairings throughout the night. Uh, there was a time where Ryan Reeves got a couple of shifts with Panarin and Strom, which was kind of interesting to see there. As for the defense pairings, it was pretty much everything you would expect. Lindgren and Fox, Miller and Truba, and then Nemeth and Schneider. And then Libor Hayek once again was skating as the seventh defenseman. And, uh, you know, obviously there was mixing and matching there. Different defensemen on the ice with different defense partners. But Libor Hayek barely played in this game. He only had seven minutes and 52 seconds of ice time. I don't absolutely hate this move. Like, I, I know some Ranger fans are going to look at this and say, why is Morgan Barron not out there? And, you know, why is this guy not out there? And why is this guy with that guy? I get it, but I also feel like it was not a bad idea to get Libor Hayek back onto the ice. This guy has been a healthy scratch for more than a month, and I have no issues with that because I think the Rangers, you know, honestly, not that he's been terrible. I don't think Libor Hayek is the disaster that certain Ranger fans make him out to be, but they do have better options than Libor Hayek right now. So I understand him being a healthy scratch, but by that same token, I don't mind him getting a game here because I don't think too many of us, you know, if the Rangers, certainly it looks like they're going to be a playoff team. They've won three in a row. They've got some serious clearance as far as uh, where they are and where the first team out of the playoffs is. But if the Rangers are going to be in the playoffs and something happens, whether it's, you know, illness or whether it's uh, an injury or two, I don't think we want Libor Hayek 
back stepping into the middle of a playoff series in like a, say, game four, and he hasn't played a hockey game in three months. That's not going to be good for anybody. And so I certainly understand the decision to uh, get him into the lineup here, get him at least a little bit of ice time. And hey, it worked. You know, the Rangers had a really nice night here. Uh, once again, going with seven defensemen and 11 forwards for the first time all season. We'll see if that becomes a trend going forward. I get the feeling that it will not be. You know, I think there's a pretty solid chance that in the very next game, you're going to see Libor Hack back to being a healthy scratch. And I would imagine Morgan Barron goes back into the lineup. We'll see about Greg McKegg's availability. You know, he uh, was out with an illness in the last game, but then I saw a report that he was out for personal reasons. So who knows? The Rangers are always so secretive uh, with these injuries and what's going on with certain players. And I get it. You know, maybe uh, to an extent, they're trying to protect player privacy as much as they possibly can. But uh yeah, well, we'll see how they line up. I, I would think, once again, Morgan Barron will be back out there. Libor Hayek's going to come out of the lineup. And as for Julian Gauthier, he was a healthy scratch for the first time in quite some time here in this game against the Jets. And I have no issues with it because, as we talked about in a recent episode, he's just not producing offensively. And if Julian Gauthier isn't going to give you any offense then I'm really not sure where his value lies and why he's somebody that absolutely must be dressed every single night. So we'll see how the Rangers look to play it going forward. But I don't know. I have this gut feeling that Gautier might be facing something of an uphill battle to work his way back into this lineup. Again, he's had plenty of opportunities this year, the points and the offense and just the visibility. They just haven't been there. You don't really notice Julian Gautier, or at least I don't, uh, all that much during really any given game, and certainly recently. So again, very interesting situation to keep tabs on. We will see how the Rangers look to play it as this uh, four-game road trip rolls on, but obviously they're off to a great start. We're going to break down everything in just a second, but first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro, Igor Shosturkin, just another night at the office, stops 45 of 46 shots, another uh, really strong performance. I would stop short, like I said, of placing this in, you know, one of his truly elite games of the season, just because, again, like I mentioned, I think this was quantity over quality for the Winnipeg Jets. Although it could be just that I'm getting used to seeing Igor Shesterkin just make magic on a nightly basis, and maybe it's getting to the point that it just doesn't phase me the way that it used to. But I think it was uh, the former in this case. I, I think for the most part, this was quantity over quality for the Jets, but we do have to give a shout out for Igor Shesterkin because, again, you know, you can't argue with a, a night like that, stopping 45 of 46 shots and once again taking a stab at the empty net goal at the end of the game. For anybody who saw this, you know what I'm talking about. The Rangers were up 4-1 to one. Uh, late in the third period. The Jets actually pulled their goalie down by 
three goals with two minutes and a little bit of change remaining. And then they ended up getting their sixth and final power play of the night. So now it's six on four with the empty net. And, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers can shoot freely at the empty net. And really, up by three goals, you might as well shoot freely at the empty net anyway. I mean, because, you know, the, the lead looks pretty safe. And obviously you hit that empty net, it's game, set, match. But uh, Igor got the puck with you know, maybe like three seconds left, and there he is again, you know, shooting the puck up the center of the ice. Uh, a jet was back, you know, in, in the neutral zone, and he kind of knocked it down and prevented it from going down the ice. I'm not sure if this would have gotten to the net in time, because time was really dwindling there, and God, how much would that have just been a punch in the gut, you know? Uh, imagine, you know, Igor Shesterkin takes a shot at the empty net, and it actually goes into the net, but the clock expires just before the puck can cross. That that would have been a dagger. So part of me was almost happy that this Jet player uh, knocked the puck down and prevented that from happening. But like I said, he's going to get one sooner or later. We'll see if it happens this season. That was one of my bolder predictions coming out of the All-Star break. But either way, Igor Shesterkin's going to get one before it's all said and done. He might get more than one, but we'll see how that goes. But either way, another uh, fantastic night for Igor Shesterkin. And the Rangers scored some just absolutely beautiful goals in this game last night to the point that I think we got to break down every single one of them and I'll just kind of offer my thoughts on, you know, the players scoring them, the players assisting on them, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, sometimes we do episodes where we don't necessarily talk about the goals all that much. The last uh, episode after the win against the Devils was a good example of that. And sometimes we talk about one or two and every now and then, like I said, we got to talk about all of them because they were just too good to ignore. And so, I know a lot of people watch this game. You probably saw the goals yourselves. If that's the case, you definitely know what I'm talking about. But like I said, I think this game against the Jets last night, it's worth remembering these goals. They were that good. I mean, pretty much every single one of them. So the Rangers take a 1-0 lead fairly early in the first period, just a couple minutes in. They gain entry into the Winnipeg zone. And Johnny Brodzinski, who... I don't think he stood out quite as much in this game as he did against the Devils, but I still think he had overall a pretty nice night for himself. But he did a really nice job staying on side here. He kind of uh, dragged his one skate behind him. And, of course, they've kind of altered the offside rule. As long as your skate or, you know, any part of your body is onside, it doesn't necessarily have to be down on the ice. If it's above the blue line, you know, you're still onside. But he kind of dragged his skate. So I think even under the old rules, uh, he would have been ruled onside on this play. But Goudreau has the puck. He passes to his right over to Jacob Truba. Truba carried the puck in really deep here, you know, almost approaching the corner, and then passes back to his left to Goudreau. Goudreau's in front of the net, and he chips the puck into the twine and makes the score one to nothing. Rangers, Philip Hedl also credited with an assist on this play because Goudreau and Truba did the uh, give and go here, and so Hedl got the secondary assist. But uh, great job by Barclay Goudreau here, and he continues to add to his new career high total in goals scored this season. He's now up to 12 goals on the year, which is uh, very, very impressive. He's obviously done a nice job, you know, coming in, being a defensive forward for the Rangers, but obviously showing that he can contribute a little bit offensively as well. And it leads me into something else that I want to talk about. And this is a concept that I'm just going to mention right now and talk about it very briefly. It's the kind of idea, though, that I think could probably carry an entire episode. And so uh, in a future episode of Lockdown Rangers, maybe even later this week, when we have an episode where we don't have a game to recap, I'm going to talk about this. And that's the idea that a lot of players on the New York Rangers are having career best seasons. I, I really think you could make the case for Barclay Goodrow. And I understand he has done what he's done for a long time in this league. He's won a couple of Stanley Cups with the Lightning the last couple of seasons. 
But, I mean, you look at the offense that he's now chipping in to go along with physicality, to go along with good penalty killing, to go along with being a good defensive forward. I think the case could be made that he's having a career season. Certainly Chris Kreider. He's kind of like the poster child of Rangers having career seasons right now. Definitely Igor Shesterkin. I would say maybe even Adam Fox, even though he won the Norris last year, may or may not win it this year. I think he's playing better than he ever has uh, in his life with the New York Rangers here. Uh, a lot of defensemen. You know, the case can definitely be made for Ryan Lindgren and Ke'Andre Miller. Miller for sure, I would say. Uh, maybe Mika Zibanejad. Uh, you could also maybe say Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, I realize he's only in his second season, but he's better this year than he was last year. Kako maybe as well, if you look past the injury and the fact that he's missing some time. Uh, Dryden Hunt is somebody that's playing a more prominent role with the Rangers than he's ever played in his career with any other team. So again, just kind of mentioning the idea right now. We'll, we'll dive into all these players and maybe even a couple more players in greater detail in a future episode. But there are a lot of players on this team right now that are having career seasons. And you say all that and you almost start wondering like, man, maybe the Rangers should go all in this year. You know, you approach the trade deadline. You have all these guys that are just... Uh, you know, at the very least meeting expectations and in many cases exceeding them. It's like, man, like maybe the Rangers really should go for it this season. And like I said, this is a deep dive concept and we'll save the majority of it for a future episode. Definitely want to continue talking about some of these goals that the Rangers scored, a couple other things as well. But first, just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Just want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so we come to the Rangers' second goal of the night that makes it 2 to nothing. This is a goal scored by Chris Kreider in deep. I mean, stop me if you've heard that before. It also happened on the power play. So basically... Rangers win an offensive zone draw. You've got Panarin and Fox playing a little bit of pitch and catch. Panarin then carries the puck in a little bit deeper, you know, into the right face-off circle area, and he tries to make a pass to his left to Ryan Strom. Strom is set up in the slot area there, and the pass never got there, but fortunately for the Rangers, took a really nice bounce. Uh, you had a Jets defender uh, deflecting the puck away, but it went right to Chris Kreider. Kreider's there on the doorstep, and he backhands the shot, you know, over Connor Hellebuck and into the twine. And if you're going to miss on a pass, I think that having it deflect then to Chris Kreider is, is a pretty good outcome. You know, you're living right if you can uh, make an errant pass and still have it go right to Chris Kreider in front of the net. And, of course, Kreider's got to take care of the rest from there. Goal number 37 from Kreider. The Jets ended up getting one back on the power play in the second period. But then the Rangers, this is another thing that's really been impressive for the Rangers lately. Coming into this game, they were plus 27 in the third period. They have outscored their opponents by a total of 27 goals, and that's now up to 29. And coming into last night's game, they were 
Again, plus 27, which was good for number three in the league. They only trailed the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche in that department. Both those teams were plus 28. And with the Rangers outscoring the Jets two to nothing in the third period, the Rangers are at plus 29. And in fact, yes, they are now tied with the Carolina Hurricanes. Both teams are plus 29 in the third period. The Canes played last night as well, and they got one goal in the third period while giving up none. Uh, The Avalanche did not play. So it's now the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes plus 29 in the third period. That is tied for best in the NHL, which is obviously a very encouraging sign. Rangers obviously playing their sharpest when they need to. And This goal by Chris Kreider, once again, his second of the night, just an absolute thing of beauty for the New York Rangers. It all started, actually, with a save by Igor Shosturkin. And keep in mind, it's only 2-1 to Rangers here, so the Jets are searching for the equalizer. Jets had a stuff-in opportunity from the doorstep, but Igor's just not going to let the puck get by him. And then... The puck actually at one point uh, deflected off of Alexi Lafreniere. I believe the Jets were trying to get the puck back toward, you know, the front of the Ranger net there and just kind of throw it toward the net. It deflected off of Lafreniere's skate. Mika Zibanejad takes control of the puck in the Ranger zone. And before he even gains the Ranger blue line, he sends a pass Uh, through the neutral zone, kind of diagonal there, off the boards in the neutral zone. And he's doing this on purpose. He's trying to lead Chris Kreider, kind of almost like a bank pass, you could call it, using the boards here to try to spring Chris Kreider into the attacking zone. And that's exactly what he does. Kreider actually had to basically hurdle the puck in the neutral zone because he didn't want to get it there. He wanted to get it off the bounce and just kind of burn the defenseman for the Jets and just take the puck in stride. And that's exactly what happened. Mika Zabadja definitely got an A-plus in geometry because he could not have done this any more perfectly. Perfectly. Uh, once again, bouncing this puck off the boards and into the attacking zone. So the puck crosses the Jets blue line, obviously, before Kreider does. He has to stay on side. And then Kreider, you know, he's still trailing the Jets defenseman as far as, you know, who's going to be the first guy to get to the loose puck here. But we know Chris Kreider can move. He's got that awesome blend of speed and, and strength that not a lot of guys in the NHL have. And he just explodes past the defenseman here, picks up the puck in stride. By the time Kreider finally got possession of the puck, it's almost out of the left faceoff circle. You know, the puck kind of went through the left faceoff circle there. It was getting toward the side of the circle that is closest to the Jets net. And Kreider picked it up in stride and uh, goes to his backhand, buries it, makes it 3-1 Rangers. And I did my best to describe this goal. It was absolutely fantastic. Has to be one of the best Five most beautiful goals that the Rangers have scored all season. If you didn't get a chance to see this game and you still haven't seen this play, do yourself a favor and go check it out. Like I said, I, I did my best to do it justice, but uh, no words can really uh, explain this and uh, you know give you the full picture. You just got to see it for yourself. So uh, Kreider, like I said, takes it to his backhand, finishes from the doorstep. It's 3-1 to one Rangers, and they're well on their way. They end up scoring uh, just about three minutes after this to make the score 4-1. to one. Something else, though, that I have to talk about real quick here because I'm realizing looking at my notes that I missed Igor Shosturkin's best save of the night, which occurred in the first period, or at least my opinion. I think this was his best save of the night. But the Rangers are operating shorthanded because that's basically what they did for the first two periods of this game. That's what it felt like anyway. Like I said, the fact that the Jets got so many power play opportunities, I really think that was the only thing that was really keeping them in this game. They had about 10 minutes of you know, power play time in the first two periods. And of course, they scored on the one power play. Rangers held them out other than that. But on this power play, you know, Jacob Truba had gone to the box. He was kind of mixed up with Dubois. I mean, the two of them were going at it this whole shift. Truba had already checked him to the ice. They were going back and forth, a couple of, you know, stick checks and the whole nine yards, basically. But Truba ends up going to the penalty box after, you know, taking Dubois down to the ice. And then on the power play, Igor Shosturkin is getting screened. You know, there's a lot of traffic right in front of him. And the puck gets played on net from the blue line. 
Puck kind of gets behind Igor, and Igor basically spins to his left, and he ends up face down on the ice. And what he does is he basically, almost blindly, uh, sticks out his left arm, takes his glove, and just kind of sweeps at the puck and keeps it from crossing the line there and obviously prevents a goal. And you're kind of holding your breath watching this play because obviously we know Igor's had some injuries and I don't know, it was just kind of an awkward play. The way he kind of landed on the ice and the way he had his left arm out there really exposed. I mean, the last thing you want is for his arm to get caught under him or for it to twist in a weird angle or for somebody to fall down on top of his arm, either one of his teammates or one of his opponents. Uh, So definitely, I think a lot of us were probably holding our breath on that play. But the good news is that uh, Igor made this save and there were no issues. There were no signs of an injury or anything like that. So uh, great save by Igor Shosturkin. Like I said, one of his very best of the night. But again, turning our attention back to the fourth and final goal here, we're going back into the third period, about midway through the final stanza here. And basically, all five Rangers contributed to this goal in one way or another. You've got Artemi Panarin passing from the blue line to his right to Braden Schneider, uh, spring him into the attacking zone. Schneider gains the blue line, goes in deep, takes a shot from a really sharp angle. I mean, very little chance that this was going to go in, but I think he was kind of shooting for a rebound here, and the save is made, and the Jets get to the rebound, but... Good pressure here by both Dryden Hunt and Artemi Panarin, kind of forcing the Jets into a turnover. They try to work the puck around the boards, but Artemi Panarin is there, and he makes a backhand pass up the boards to Jacob Truba, who is just in front of the blue line. And Truba ends up taking a shot from the blue line through traffic. Uh, Mika Zibanejad was there as well, but he had to kind of jump out of the way of the shot. It looked at first like maybe he deflected it, but obviously he didn't. But he had to get out of the way of the shot. Dryden Hunt was in front of the uh, goalie, you know, providing a screen, providing some traffic in front of the net, creating some general chaos, and the puck goes into the net. Jacob Truba scores, and that is his ninth goal of the season, and that also closed out the scoring. So, uh, again, just a nice blue-collar goal here, a situation where the Rangers were simply outworking the Jets. After Schneider took that shot, you know, the puck was up for grabs, and clearly the Rangers uh, just wanted it a little bit more than the Jets did. The Jets initially got to the rebound, but the Rangers... Uh, got them off of the puck fairly quickly there, forced them into a turnover, and Jacob Truba taking advantage. Like I said, just kind of throwing the puck at the net from the blue line, and it got through some traffic. Might have deflected off of a Jets player. The puck seemed to, you know, change direction. It looked like there was a deflection. That's the long and short of it. But if there was, obviously it was off of a player on Winnipeg because Jacob Truba ended up being credited with this goal. And uh, like I said, made it 4-1 and closed out the scoring on the night. And yeah, like I said in the intro, just a rock-solid win, the perfect way to kick off a four-game road trip if you're the New York Rangers. I love the fact that this team absolutely dominated 5v5 because as we've talked about, you know, hockey pundits and uh, fans from other teams have been giving the Rangers a hard time about that, but the Rangers were in clear control of this game anytime that these two teams were at even strength. And again, the third period domination, you love to see it. The Rangers and Canes now tied for best in the league as far as goal differential in the third period. So that's obviously awesome to see and a good sign going forward as this team, uh, you know, continues its run to the playoffs. And again, no, they have not clinched yet, but it's looking very good that the Rangers will be a playoff team. And uh, obviously, listen, I mean, Playing well in the third period is good no matter what, but in the playoffs, it's absolutely enormous, and hopefully that's something that the Rangers can carry into the postseason tournament. I also just wanted to remind everybody that every single episode of Locked on New York Rangers is now also appearing on YouTube, and that's obviously an option if you guys want to, uh, you know, check it out on there. Some of the episodes are audio only. Some of them are video as well. And you can definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers on there. I've been doing this thing. I'm going to try to do it a little bit more often where, you know, I'll premiere the new episode of Locked On New York Rangers on YouTube and I'll be in the chat room as well. So if anybody wants to come uh, just talk some hockey as the episode kind of unfolds, we were doing that the other day, having a lot of fun with it. 
And the other news coming out of this game is that the Rangers now move from third place to second place in the Metropolitan Division. They are actually tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Both teams have 77 points, but the Rangers have played 56 games. The Penguins have played 57 games. So the Rangers have that one game in hand. And on top of that, the Rangers have 36 regulation wins, whereas the Penguins have 34 regulation wins. So obviously it would be nice to see the Rangers. I mean, it'd be great if they could win the Metro. I think that's probably going to end up going to Carolina, but we'll see. I mean, nothing could be ruled out. Maybe the Rangers uh, end up surpassing the Canes down the stretch here. But if the Rangers can at least finish in second place, it would get them home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. And right now they'd be matched up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And just for some context, you know, the Rangers at home this season are 19-5-3 or 19-8 if you want to bunch the uh, losses together. And on the road, they are 17-10-2 or 17-12. Once again, if you want to bunch the regulation losses and the overtime losses together. And as for the Penguins, they're a little bit more even. You know, the Rangers have a better record at home than they do on the road. The Penguins, it's a little bit more even, but they are a little bit better actually on the road than they are at home. So that's kind of interesting. But the Penguins at home, 15-8-5 or 15-13. And, and then on the road, 19-6-4 uh, or 19-10. and 10. Again, if you want to lump those losses together. So actually, the Penguins are a better road team than they are a home team. So that's interesting to see. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Like I said, definitely can't hurt a young team like the New York Rangers to claim home ice advantage, at least in the first round of the postseason. And as of right now, that's exactly where they would be playing host to the Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. Another storyline that's basically developing right before our eyes here is Chris Kreider and his quest to potentially tie or break the Rangers franchise single season record for most goals in one season. There are 26 games left in the season. Kreider is 16 goals away from tying Yaramir Yager. Yager scored 54 goals for the Rangers back in 2005-2006. So Kreider's got his work cut out for him, but it is certainly not impossible. And obviously last night's performance against the Jets went a long way to helping him. Obviously, we know how good Kreider can be when he catches one of his hot streaks. And this whole season has basically been one never-ending hot streak for Chris Kreider. But if he really, really catches fire down the stretch, then he's got a shot at it for sure. And he's got a shot at potentially even leading the NHL in goals as well. He is currently tied with Leon Dreisaitl for second place. They both have 38 goals, and Austin Matthews is leading the way with 39 goals. So the, the race is on. We'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, pretty crazy that we're talking about Chris Kreider either leading the league in goals this season and or surpassing Yaramir Yager's single-season record for the New York Rangers. It's going to be tough to do either or both of those things, but Kreider's got a shot at it at least, which is obviously uh, pretty wild in and of itself that he's even in the mix to, once again, either lead the league in goals or tie or surpass Yaramir Yager uh, for most goals in one season with the Rangers. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks again for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about everything that happens between the Rangers and Minnesota Wild on Tuesday night. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.